0: I guess technically it's the day after Halloween, but hey, we're here having a good time. Ate my fill of candy yesterday. Also, it dropped. It's like eight degrees outside and uh, uh Calvin. And um I've got my freight waves,
1: my my fleece here. It's great, very, very cozy. Did you just use Kelvin? Yeah. I haven't heard that since freshman <laughs> chemistry in college. <laughs> yeah. Do you even know what it is? I all I know is
0: that... Uh, a, it's it's colder if you have a low number. It doesn't go negative. It's like goes to zero, right? So Kelvin, I don't remember. Listen, listen. Okay, the point I was trying to make is it's cold outside, and I need my favorite' fleece. All right, that's all you need to know. Um, now it was it was it was so funny story about how. Okay, so we we got we actually have real stuff to talk about too. Okay, we are going to talk about the real stuff. We're going to talk about how volumes are going down. Yeah, which you called last week. Truckload volumes, however, intermodal volumes are shooting up and to the right, looking like Bitcoin. Let's go, and then, but intermodal contract rates are headed down. So we're going to talk about all that. So stay tuned. So if you want to know about truckload volumes, you want to know about when the market's going to flip. You want to know about intermodal demand and intermodal contract rates. Stay tuned. Okay, now funny story about Halloween. So, uh, so we had Halloween yesterday. Got my 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 son was he wanted to try some candy. So you know
1: those warheads. Super sour. Super sour yeah. ones.
0: Now he's That's five,
1: right? First thing you gave him. So
0: I was, I, I had a bad dad moment. All right. But also, it was very entertaining. So I gave him one. He didn't know what it was. I said, was like, Yeah, here, try this. I did tell him it was, first of all, I told him it was sour. It was a disclaimer. But uh, it's, um, well, uh, he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. So I, I think, kind of, in, in an effort to repent, I'm going to have to take one here on the show. You want one too? I got one for you. Here, you take that one. I'd I'll take this one. I'd rather not do this. Just do this. This is and then we're gonna talk about the truckload volume. We got to get, also speaking this. of which, before we get there though, very special. Next week, we have F three. It's yep. here. It's only one week away. Future Freight Festival. And we got two time. shows. We have two shows. Yeah. Two shows next week at F three. Tuesday and Wednesday. Also, I'm not a music guy, and I realize that for one of the shows that we have is um uh, so there's a concert, the J.B. Hunt party is the concert, I think the first night, right, November 7th. And T.I., is a rapper, yeah. he's the headlining uh, yeah. I didn't know who he was, I started listening to some of his songs, I know them all.
1: Yeah, I just yeah. didn't realize it was him. But uh, that's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a fun time. Uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets, go ahead and do it, because the event itself is gonna be awesome. I mean, you know, Brad Jacobs Town Hall, uh, if you wanna learn how to, if you wanna learn how to make a few billion dollars, there's uh, no better place to learn that from Somebody who's 100% made a career out of MA and, and if you don't know well, who Brad Jacobs is, CEO of XBO. No,
0: or she's chairman, chairman, executive chairman, executive chairman, CEO. and CEO. Uh, former CEO. Uh, speaking of which, XBO just reported earnings uh, not long ago. I'm going to eat this warhead while you tell us about those earnings.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're strong, I think, is the there's no other way to put it. I mean, mm-hmm. uh. And their stock market, the stock benefited greatly from it. I mean, it was up, what, I think 15% after reporting. So pretty strong. And what's interesting about that one is that RXO and GXO, so the two companies that were spent off of, benefited as well, benefited in a way that it's just like a momentum thing that in the same day XPO reports and you see a 15% increase in their stock price. RxO followed with like a 4% increase on no news, but it's just one of those, there's, by association, to some extent, so. Now, tell me the difference, right? XPO is North America? XPO is LTL. LTL. RxO is the brokerage and GXO is like the managed transportation, warehousing, right, logistics side.
0: And they all used to be one, but was it two years ago they split them off?
1: Well, uh, I forgot exactly when it was. I think it was sometime last year. Okay, it was announced maybe two years ago, but it finalized last year. Do you have your warhead yet? Um, it was really, it's really sour. Yeah, it is. Mm, yeah. Yeah, they're not fun. I don't know why you enjoy that. And you why one? you wanted to be mean to one. your son. What
0: mean. He spit it out. I gave him some water. It's all good. All right. Now, okay. So, XBO, very good earnings. But that kind of a little bit different, right? LTL market we know has been doing well. It's, it's been healthy. Yeah. Or certainly healthier. Truckload
1: market's not that way. Truckload market's not that way. Intermodal market, kind of, sort of, but not really. It is to the extent you just have to remember as kind a different of, beast. Yeah, it is, right? You've got the railroads own intermodal containers. You have intermodal marketing companies like JB Hunt, Schneider, Knight Swift owns a has a sizable container fleet. Hub group you know, too, right? hub group. Yeah. I mean the big two really that predominantly play in the intermodal space are JB Hunt and hub group. Right, and then Schneider and Knight Swift just have sizable intermodal. They're building too, especially yeah. Night Swift. Yeah, I mean Knight Swifts. I mean, you think about their intermodal fleet or container fleet. I mean, it's up over twelve thousand containers. It, it was something where like strong. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I did the numbers. You've you've just seen growth across the board. Uh, let me try to find it while we're sitting here talking. But I mean, it, it's one of those they focused on it's an area for them to continue to expand, and I think that's the key, is this diversification away from the truckload business that they ultimately are really good at, but you have to look at what they're also trying to do, right? I mean, they're expanding into LTL with their acquisitions. They, I mean, they still have a logistics arm. They're obviously active in the truckload MA space with yep. the purchase of US Express earlier this year. So, I mean, so far has proved to be pretty positive. Yeah. So you're you're seeing positive signs. I mean, you look growth since two, the first quarter of two thousand eighteen, Night Swiss Intermodal Fleet's grown by thirty-eight point nine percent. It's grown almost five percent year over year in the third quarter. Right. Hunt JB Hunt's is up almost four percent year over year and up thirty-two percent since Q one of twenty eighteen. So you can see that these intermodal companies have made investments in their trailing equipment. So it's, you're seeing more containers available as a whole. The kicker, why we didn't see the growth, maybe it's more stable growth, right? Kind of mid single digits in terms of like actual year over year growth. The kicker, what you don't see, or why you didn't maybe see that growth back in 2018, or not 2018, 2020, 2021, service issues at the rails, and those have improved, so it, with those improving, it allows a alternative for shippers that is lowers their carbon footprint because it's the most fuel-efficient way to move freight yeah. over long distance. You're, with higher fuel prices, their base for their fuel surcharge is actually lower than what it is on a truckload, so you actually can save money on... Line haul is still about 10% cheaper. Yeah, t- about 10%. In- Ideally, they want it in the fifteen percent range, but it's you might be saving that excess through fuel, right? But if you don't need your goods there all at, at a expedited time, you for, yeah. If you, who if, cares? Exactly. I mean, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Like, why not? I think that's some of what we've heard in, internally is that the retailers are more willing to and not just retailers. I mean, shippers as a whole are willing, if they haven't used it before, they're willing to at least sit down at the table and hear the, the value prop, right? And that's something that right. that's changed, and you would think right now, given how the truckload market is, like you wouldn't necessarily see that change or the willingness to sit at the table and listen, but they're looking, e, the ESG and zero carbon or reducing their carbon footprint become increasingly more important so they want to find the most fuel efficient they don't want to have to take hold of this inventory i think another big player because i mean you talk a cross-country move that in a truck gets done in four days intermodals a week so i mean it saves you a couple of days on the back end definitely that you're not awesome. hold that you're not holding the inventory in in a warehouse so i mean it's there's definitely benefits it's just it's a smaller market overall than the truckload market. But also, if you have a lot of freight to move, it's a lot easier to add thirty containers to a train than it is to add thirty truckloads. So 30 there's that. Drivers, too, right? So yeah, so it's not just you can add. I don't say it's easy to add, but I mean, you work with your intermodal marketing company's going to work with the railroad to figure different out problems, how to do different problems, different solutions. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, let, let's dive into some sonar here so we can get some updates. So I, I want to talk about truckload volumes too before we forget because this is something you had called last week. Let's throw there it is, take a look at that. So dark blue shaded line that goes about 80% over to the right, that's year to date truckload volume. Mm-hmm. Now Tony, you were telling people to keep an eye on this. Hold on, we got a blank, there it is. So you were telling people to keep an eye on this because if it starts to fall the way that we saw last year and even in 2019 again we're throwing out 2020 2021 those were too crazy but and it looks like it's 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 having a little bit of a decline not huge but it looks like we had a little bit of a stair step down this week
1: yeah and it, it's pretty normal right there's not i mean 2019 you saw a little bit of a bump in volumes into the end of the month but they had fallen and just basically recovered we've we're in arguably almost a if you overlaid it and took like the average throughout or where we were to begin twenty nineteen and the down, yep. it's pretty close to the decline we saw this year. The difference is we're a little higher, which we should be because you should see volume growth over the period of four years, five years, right? We're ten right? percent higher. Now the question is, do we inflect positive? And I I will say I think st- Yes. I think we're going to stay I think we're going to stay above 2022 level. I think we're going to pass 2022 levels and I only say that because even if we decline slightly from here, the drop at the beginning of 20 of November in 2022 was so drastic and so large that it it kind of overran where we were. If you we may see a decline, so we may cross over it for a very short period, and then fall back under it. Because if we follow a very similar trend line to 2019, which again we're kind of on, we'll see a dip in early November before ramping up, kind of in the middle of the month into that peak season. Now, the caveat is this year's Thanksgiving's fairly early, right? You have a, almost a full one eighty third, I think. Yes, yeah, so you it's fairly early in comparison to previous the past couple years, because if you look, I mean, we're running in, the effects of the seven day average are rolling into December. It's not gonna really happen this year, right? They're they're kind of, so I think that's something to pay attention to that, still look around the 15th of the month, but that's about one week prior to Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, it's that would be the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, so, We may cross over it for a very brief time during the next couple of days in terms of volume, but it wouldn't surprise me if we're back negative by this time next week, or say the following week, not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after. Why well, you gotta be a pessimist?
0: It, me? Like it, it looks good, all right. It looks good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine.
1: I mean, the good news is that we didn't decline further in That's true. October, That's true. right? I mean, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, honestly.
0: It look, it looks like we might stay above. The question is, do we stay above, or do we fall back below? So yeah. I mean, that that'll be the question. Um, by the way, speaking of Thanksgiving, do you know what a turducken is? I do. I just learned what a turducken is. Really. I did, and it sounds pretty good. A turkey with a, a chicken. Tur- a deboned turkey, and then you put a deboned chicken inside of that, mm-hmm. and then inside of that, you put a deboned duck. Yeah. That sounds fabulous. So you get all the fat from the duck to basically moisturize. Turkey, which can get very dry turkey, very quickly. which quick, can get like- dry, so it doesn't dry out the turkey, mm-hmm. and you get all the deliciousness. I've never had them before. I'm thinking about it, so, yeah. Um, all right, back to this. So now what we got to talk about, so that's volume. So a little bit of a decline in volume. Um, nothing to write home about, just kind of looks like we're following some of the trends from previous years. Uh, let's go ahead and throw up the spread now between uh, contract rates and spot rates. This is the spread line haul, okay? And it looks like both contract and spot have seen a tiny little bump, tiny being the underlined word. Um, again, really just kind of bouncing in this range that they've been in pretty much since August? I mean, honestly, yeah. at this point, probably close to like May.
1: Yeah, I did the math just a minute ago. So the third quarter average for the contract rate was 237. And October to date, well, October to date, remember, we've got a two-week lag on contract rate. So the first, what, call it two weeks of the month was 236. So I mean, we're talking effectively flat from the third quarter average. Yeah. So I mean, you really haven't seen a ton of movement in contract rates. Spot rates, obviously, more volatile. But we we flirted with the lows that we saw back in May that we didn't think we were going to hit again. Now, if you include fuel, not necessarily the case. We haven't flirted really with those levels. We've stayed kind of in this yeah. range, but that's because fuel's we been were elevated only like
0: two or three cents per mile off. I think what was the low one sixty seven, I think, and I think we got to one. Did we get to 171? I think so. I think Good. it's what it was. So we're about three cents a mile. So yeah, when we got we were got we got dangerously close mm-hmm. to your point. Um, but basically, like right now, we're we're right where we were in April. We were in April after the drop in April. That's
1: where we were, which is a concern. Which to me would signal a concern heading into the fourth quarter. And I only say that because you're, I say into the fourth quarter, into the peak, right? Because you're going to start at a lower baseline. The lower the baseline you start the less the more you have to push up rates to get them to a level you feel favorable right like right there it ha, it has to move a lot further and i think that's the concern is that we're start we're going to start this run up around the months at a lower base which is a concern and if you look at the NTIF, so the forecast for the next 28 days, I think it peaks out at like 233 and we're at yeah, It's like
0: a 4% increase or
1: something. Yeah, I mean it's like six or seven cents a mile into a ho- into Thanksgiving, which like last year that increase was like 10 cents. So you're seeing a muted increase mm-hmm. projected for a holiday. That and while fuel rates are on the rise. It, well, yeah, well, we could talk about fuel for a long time because it's, it's so volatile that you, oh, the we're not going you, to because we only have nine minutes left. The second you sit there and say that fuel rates are on the rise, volatility, rack prices, and then all of a sudden drop, and then we start, and then rack is at like ninety-nine cents a gallon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be nice. I guarantee you, anybody operating in the market might be, well, wouldn't even need an increase in rates. You'd have to have
0: retail prices catch up, but that's true. So but anybody in the rack world would be having. A, they would be They would, they would be rolling in money greatly. Um. Okay, so I wanna make a prediction here, okay? I'm all about predictions, all right? I'll throw my hat into the ring, it's okay if I'm wrong. So rates have been so suppressed for so long, but carrier's costs are still on the rise, mm-hmm. especially with insurance and other things. And um, I, I wanna go to this next chart here real quick. Carrier details, which shows the net change in trucking authority. So whenever you see this chart as red, it means there's more carriers leaving the market compared to entering it Mm -hmm. and showing you the difference. This is on a weekly basis. If it's green, there's a net gain in that number of carrier authorities for that week. Obviously we know, super green during the bull market and it's been red. Um, we're, We're basically gonna wipe out all of 2022's gains. You know, maybe buy a little bit extra, buy an extra 10%, maybe extra 15%. So we'll wipe out all of
1: 2022. What's interesting about that is we've added added 344 carriers per week or authorities per week on average. And for the back half of the month, we were losing capacity every week. Like yeah. you were you still grew so much in the first half of or first quarter of the year. Rates were still high, right? Because they they didn't really tend to reject. Yeah, I mean, if what was uh, Craig Craig Fuller's article came out what March March thirty first. Yeah, and you saw people. You saw another, the growth really took slow another down. Another
0: three months for it to fall.
1: Yeah, and then. So yes, well but, anyways, out, but I think the interesting part was that we've been in this decline for 18 months and we still haven't now. even.
0: Now we don't need to get rid of all of the capacity because we Demand have added volume. High. Demand is legitimately higher than 2019. So you you there is some of this growth that is, that is gonna stick around. Mm-hmm. But the prediction I wanna make is we've kind of been stagnant, kind of bouncing in this level of carriers leaving the market. I think that's gonna accelerate. Yes. And like if we stayed at this level, sometime in the next 13 to 15 months, it would balance out Mm -hmm. with demand. But I I think it's gonna be much less than that. I think we're gonna see a big accelerant, if not at the end of this year, in Q1. Yeah, I think. As kind of everybody's just like, I've been under pressure and underwater, for so long with these lower rates, they haven't gone up, nothing's balanced, my costs have only increased. And I think we're going to see a, see a pretty big exit with a lot of these small carriers. Yes. Some might try to um, you know, lease on with a bigger carrier, but I've heard of a lot of big carriers that aren't even taking them right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I looked at Landstar's BCO data because I think it's a, a good gauge of like changes in capacity. Sure. With, say, owner operators coming leasing on with a larger, I mean, they are what they, uh, I mean, a freight brokerage, right? I mean, yeah. but they're leased on. So it's a little different than your traditional freight brokerage, but when you look at that number, typically when you see quarter over quarter declines, it's been fairly accurate in the past few cycles calling both tops and bottoms because you start to see changes quarter over quarter. In the second quarter, we started to see that that quarter over quarter decrease in BCOs Mm. started to decline, and the idea behind that they carrier, these BCOs would go back and become uh, company drivers or leave the industry altogether, right? Like, they kind of had an option. So tracking that number, it's quarterly, so it's not the most real time, but it does kind of paint this picture, too, that, that signals this. But it started to creep back up in the second quarter, kind of closer to zero. Well, third quarter came out, another drop. So it almost gave like this head fake that this and now, the weakness in q three caused more of these b c o s to leave, so someday it's again it signals very similar to this uh, but you're seeing exits it's just not at a rate that and there's so much that has to leave to make yeah. this i think that's the key is like, like this number has to double for like six months it has to i mean when you think about it, and we did the math today. On the a carrier update on freight waves now, me and Donnie Gilbert were talking from july twenty twenty through july twenty twenty two we added it was twelve hundred of new authorities a week on average. We're losing right at four hundred since of twenty twenty three we've been at four hundred basically you're losing one third of what you added every week. It's not like yeah. you it would take He, the way he described it over a two year span at that and where we were currently at, he goes, It it effectively takes six years to wash out all of it. That's not going to happen. I mean, they will leave well before then. But still, I mean, you're talking, I mean, Craig Fuller's put it out and and Zach Strickland talked about it was what 76 um, months, I think was what it was. Was it weeks? Yeah. So uh, 76 weeks to shake out. Yeah. About a year and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, you start talking. June of 2023, maybe at the earliest, or 2024 at the earliest? It, oh, it's 2025.
0: Okay, yeah, a year and yeah, a half from now. Yeah, about a year and a half from now.
1: From now. So, th- so add in the net declines that we've had for over a year now. So add 52 weeks to that.
0: Yeah, we saw I think we're going to see another big dip down there at the end of this year like yeah. we always do. Yeah, I mean and even in your even pre-covid we I mean you see it in the them. growth
1: numbers too, right? The, the question is do we is,
0: stay down
1: there or do we bounce back up and continue the slow drip? I think that I mean I think it has to accelerate. I don't think there's anything that's going to keep it. There's not like a demand surge on the horizon.
0: What I'm going to look at is what happens going into the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. If that starts to accelerate downward, then I think it's going to be, we're going to accelerate. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. So, um, okay. Last thing we're going to talk about, we don't have much time left here. Hey, did you eat your little sour thingies? No. See, folks, it's just, I'm out here trying to have fun, trying to entertain. Can't, can't even get a little help here. Um, all right, intermodal volumes. Last one. Intermodal volumes have hit, uh, they hit all time highs. Now, this is domestic intermodal volumes, which is 53 foot. Now, currently, this is all loaded and empties uh, for those 53, so uh, right now, uh, yesterday, we shipped about 22,000 containers. Um, We almost touched 22.5 thousand like a few days ago, so big run up, starting to curl down a little bit. These different colors here, are the different subsequent years of the same period of time, so 2020 in orange, we got the closest to this level, but basically, yeah, at an all-time high, um, Tony, you and I were talking about this, there's a lot more empty containers that came into the market, so there are some a uh, little bit more uh, shifting that's happening, but I guess kind of from your perspective, like what should we expect through the end of the year? Should, are, are, are we gonna stay elevated, or are we gonna come back down?
1: Well, I mean, this is the typical peak, right, for intermodal volume, just given the timing of it. I think one of the interesting things is, over the past year, intermodal volume's up, well, I think, 6% domestic loaded volumes, Versus our long haul outbound tender volume index, which is a measure of tenders over 800 miles in length or in transit. When you think about that, one's up 6%, one's up 1%. It just shows that there's been growth in the intermodal market, taking market share from the truckload market, which is interesting and to some extent makes sense. I think one of the interesting things is like, look at Los Angeles on their volumes. Domestic intermodal volumes are up like 9%, or I think it was 9%, and long haul outbound volumes out of LA in the last year, I think they're down a couple percent. So it just kind of, it's just a good way to compare data sets that measure competitive things. They're not equal, but they do compete with each other. Yeah, but I don't know if we'll stay at this level. But I do think we'll be elevated compared to previous years.
0: Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see like what happens right after Thanksgiving because in twenty twenty, I mean, that looks like typically the peak of the peak if things maintain. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be interesting to see that'll be a, that'll be if we are above where we hit are, are now um, after Thanksgiving. That'll be a bullish indicator, I think, for Intermodal. Um, but anyways, folks, it's been a great episode. We'll see you next week live on Withsonar. Sonar. In the meantime, have a great day. Thank <laughs> you.